0: How did you sleep last night? If your battle for a good night's sleep feels relentless,
1: I have the answer.
0: It's a podcast called Sleepwave with meditations and hypnosis created to help you fall asleep. My relaxation techniques will help you feel calm and ready for sleep with soft music that will help you fall asleep in minutes. Most listeners never hear the end of an episode, so search Sleepwave on your favorite podcast app. And find out why over a million people have fallen asleep to my voice.
2: Life is a joke when you're a queer person. I feel like you just feel like such an outsider or you just grow up feeling so weird. And then you're like, everybody's pretty weird, I guess. And then, I don't know, maybe it gives <laughs> you a so good yeah. sense of Or you get bullied and it gives you a sense of humor. I don't know. I'm ducking out,
0: you're ducking out. Let's duck out together. See what it's
1: all about.
3: and welcome to Diking Out, a podcast that's going through some vocal changes that have nothing to do with hormones. I'm Carolyn Bergier. That's
0: me. I'm Melody Kamali. And <laughs> I'm Melody Kamali. And today we're diking out with musician Naomi McPherson from MUNA about life on the road. Please excuse my voice.
3: <laughs> Let this be a lesson that this is what happens to your voice when you're just being too damn gay. Yeah you lose out, your guys. voice
0: keep it don't go too far on that spectrum
3: don't go too down
0: too far down that Kinsey path guys
3: you can't lean
0: into your gay summer or
3: else you will wreck
0: like this your vocal cords god how we do it otherwise. You know, <laughs> we're gonna so make bad. it
3: through. I will spare your voice a little bit and do the announcements Thank very you. quick. We're gonna be hosting watch parties for the new season of the Elward Generation Q at Henrietta Hudson every week so if you're in the New York area starting this Friday we're going to have like a little pre-show look out on Instagram at Diking Out we'll post details there about what's going to be going on it's going to be a lot of fun they're having a premiere this Friday and then uh, again that first episode will play on Sunday and then it'll be every Sunday after that for the rest of the series it should be a really fun time Henrietta Hudson is going to have three screens projecting the episodes one out. Side, so it should be great if you feel more comfortable outside there's a way to watch it that way and then everybody will be hanging out at hen's afterwards what a good time uh, if you haven't yet subscribed to our podcast if you just type it into the search every week you can really save yourself by just subscribing on whatever platform you listen to us and be sure to rate us five stars on apple podcasts also we are create an extra episode every week. This one's was very long. We talked about <laughs> Melody's trip to Fire Island. Uh, yeah. We talked about my fateful uh, run-in with a past guest and my number one crush and I <laughs> give the details of that in our Off Topic this week. We talk about uh, baby Lil Nas X. We talk about the Tampa Bays a little bit more about the behind the scenes. So we talked about Tampa Bays on last week's episode, the new Amazon uh, docuseries about lesbians in the tampa area and you know we didn't have a lot of information we were saying who knows let's keep an open mind here well what we did learn from one of them is that they are all cis identifying lesbians in the tampa area and they're all friends they're all all friends each other before the show
0: it's not forced we've made contact with the tampa bays
3: Yes, and we're looking forward to the premiere this fall and getting at least one, if not some of them, on the pod to dike out with later and also talk about some other things going on in gay Florida. So much on that off-topic episode, so check that out. It's only $5 a month on Patreon for access to that. And yeah, shout out to Tampa Bays for the love. I want there to be a mutual back and forth love fest between Diking Out and the Tampa Bays. Okay. Now that that's out of the way, Melody, oh. do you have it in you to tell us? What's the I... gayest thing you did
0: in this super gay week of yours? Gayest week of my life. Finally made the pilgrimage to the Mecca that is Cherry Grove on Fire Island. I did no research. I didn't know what I was in for. I get it now. I, I love it there. It was a very fun, very po- body positive weekend. And by that, I mean, you know, I've been documenting this on the podcast, maybe more on the Patreon. I'm going through my little body positivity journey. So I was topless on Cherry Grove. That feels pretty gay, but You did I it. I did it. So with the group of people you went with. Yeah. Like I'll normally go topless, like with Allie. Yeah. If we just go to the beach and we don't know anyone. But right. socially topless, um, went to some fun pool parties at the Pines, went to low tea, if you know, you know, um, and, you know, kept making my voice sound worse and worse through all these activities. On <laughs> um, the last night we were there, we all went skinny dipping in the pool we shared. and. Nice. Um, that was nice. Everyone has amazing tits. Um, but like no one's compares to Jeanette's. I need to tell everybody about Jeanette. I met the queen of Cherry Grove. This lesbian is like one of the actually most beautiful souls I've ever met, too, but at the same time, like one of just the hottest girls. Like, I was already <laughs> warned that I would be meeting someone with the, quote, most perfect hits on the island. (laughs) That's all I knew going into the meeting. So then, you know, you meet and you hold eye contact. But then you're like, what's going on? (laughs) Um, And we met her uh, uh, for a wine and cheese hour. We stayed at a women-owned inn uh, called Wisteria, women only. (laughs) Um, And they had a wine and cheese hour every day at five, and she came by for that. And that just speaks to how well-loved she is on the island because uh, the women who run it are like, no one's allowed for the wine and cheese. Jeanette is the only person allowed. Wow. <laughs> that these older dykes would let into the house.
3: What makes her boobs so perfect?
0: So we all, what yeah, the gayest thing is actually after we went skinny dipping, we all saw them. We're all just like not really talking about it until the next morning at breakfast. And we all just were like, had a 10 minute discussion about, Jeanette's boobs, perfectly proportioned, so like perky, but they didn't look fake. They're not fake. Um, She's so perfectly tanned, like head to toe. She's stunning. We were all just like so squirrely around her at first, but then like you, you loosen up because she is so warm. She is so just like, she is a ball of love. And I bring her up because we need someone to bask in her love Um, more then we can, because we're all in relationships. Um, <laughs> everyone in the house. So Jeanette is single. She is into Femme Girls. She is a lesbian. She's a cis lesbian, lives in the Long Island area. If you're interested in knowing what Jeanette's all about, I did get the okay from her, by the way, because I was like, Jeanette, she listens to the podcast. I was like, as you know, we do our gayest thing. Do I have permission to essentially objectify you? <laughs> on the podcast because she was so used to us just telling her like, you're so hot. (laughs) Allie had gone to bed before skinny dipping and missed it and was like so bummed to have missed Jeanette's boobs and was talking to her the next day and was like, I'll be honest, Melody really loves my boobs. But when I asked her, are they better than mine? Melody said, they're better than everyone's. (laughs) I feel like such a creep, but honestly, like I'm all, I'm bringing this all up to like, You know, really sell this girl. Like, we need to find her a girlfriend. Her handle on Instagram is J M C Sunbeam. She is, she is a sunbeam, guys. She's everywhere. We went on the island. Everyone knew her. Everyone was so excited to see her. She is such good energy. We were like, we went to a drag show. They knocked off like some total off the bill because we're with Jeanette. You know, like everyone knows Jeanette. Everyone loves Jeanette. I love Jeanette.
3: I know we're trying to to sell her to our U-Haulers, but someone who comes to mind is past guest uh, Jess Rothschild from oh the my Hot Takes and Deep Dives. Because, yes. Or would it be too much of the same thing? Because they both seem to be like social butterflies and have that they're energy. They're both from Long
0: Island. They're both from Long Island. They both are femme for femme. Yeah, and actually they both hang out with a lot of like gay men. Yeah. Um, and kind of seem to have similar social circles. Are they too similar? Circles. We'll just have to see. Let's float Light this to, to Jess.
3: Yeah. And Jeanette, if you're listening, you know, maybe slide into Jess's DMs because... Jess X N Y C uh, on Instagram. <laughs> it seems like if the two of you got together, J and Jay, uh, you'd be unstoppable. You might take over the world. So... Wow. I ship it.
0: I ship it. I do too. Okay. Let's see. Let's see. I mean, this is the gayest I've ever been on this podcast. I mean, I just want to stress just how many times I asked her if it was okay to say all this. (laughs) (laughs) She's so hot and so nice, guys. Get on it. (laughs) And she listens to the pod, which
3: I find... The most attractive thing about oh, her. Oh, yeah. I was introduced <laughs>
0: to her right when I got on the island. And it was like, this is Melody. This is so-and-so. And then once it was brought up, it was like, Melody host-diking out. She knew exactly who I was. Yeah. And it's like, how do I love you even more? Flattery.
3: That's gay Wow. Love it. Wow. And it was worth losing your voice. Just like I mean- Ariel and the Little Mermaid. <laughs> you know, we all make sacrifices to... Live Do you hear dreams.
0: how my voice sort of came back as I was speaking about Jeanette? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> from how it was at the top of the app. I don't know. She's magic, Carolyn. <gasps> I'm. Ter- if I could turn red, I'd be red right now. Let's move on. What is the gayest thing you did this week?
3: Oh, uh, a, a lot. I'm actually going to have to save one for next week. Uh, honorable mention is that somebody told me that I was really giving off major Holland Taylor
0: vibes, which. Oh, my God. You're, I, I feel I was like I can so kind flattered. of actually see it, too. Yeah.
3: Yeah. So I've only done one of those which celebrity do you look like? app things once and i got holland taylor for those of you who are like that sounds familiar um she plays peggy peabody in the l word but is more famously sarah paulson's (laughs) partner yeah (laughs) in um our favorite may december romance and um i got holland taylor on this app and i'm like for the first time i kind of see it like a little it's the complexion a little bit of the cheekbones yeah i see it there's a little bit of holland
0: taylor so this the vibes person, means energy, so...
3: Yeah, kind of like energy and, and what I was giving off, and this person told me that, and they're like, and I'm saying this as a compliment, I hope you take it that way or else I wouldn't have said it, maybe just because she she's older. I'm like, if I had one wish for myself, it's to age into a Holland Taylor. Like, that, that is my life goal, is to turn into that kind of a lesbian when I'm older. So I will take it for sure, but... but- The gayest thing was that, for sure, uh, I cried in therapy uh, describing the plot of an episode of Buffy to my therapist. (laughs) And you'll know which one because we talk about it on next week's episode. Sometimes we have these interviews with our guests, and then it becomes fodder for therapy <laughs> where I'll question some of my feelings uh, that I had during the interview. And as I was telling my therapist, I just started crying uh, again. I'm like, why? And she's like, let's investigate. What is it about this episode of Buffy? And I was like, it could it be that it's just good TV? And she's like, no, it's obviously hitting (laughs) on something for you that you can't even bring it up without crying. I'm, I'm even like, not even directly thinking about it right now. And my eyes are welling up. It's like this crazy thing that this episode of Buffy, which you'll learn about next week has on me. But those of you who are Buffy heads can probably guess, and it's not seeing red. Okay.
0: Uh, (laughs) I really gotta watch this. I gotta, yeah. Oh my god, yeah. I want to cry.
3: <laughs> it's always fun when I have an, an episode that I can talk about uh, in therapy. And when you hear next week's episode, you'll be like, "Oh yeah, I can see why this probably brought up all sorts of things uh, <laughs> to to talk about." But it felt so gay. I'm like, "Why am I crying about Buffy?"
0: I cried. Ugh, this is really gay too. I just realized another gay thing of the week. I cried cuz I was so happy being at a drag show on Fire Island. This <laughs> so was Tina Burner. Put some respect on Tina Burner's name, a drag queen from the latest uh season of RuPaul's Drag Race. Got a terrible edit in my opinion. Was like an older, more seasoned queen compared to like the more like Gen Z like fashion Beauty stars, you know, um, but like such an amazing performer, put on such a good show and did all that jazz, did uh. um had her drag daughters. Um they had performances interwoven, like one would go up, the other would go up, they'd bring each other back up again throughout. And one did um Satisfied from Hamilton, which is like Is that what made you such cry? Such a good choice. Yeah. So we were <laughs> I was looking around, we we're all scream singing which we can now hear in my voice, <laughs> <laughs> I cried because I was having so much fun watching Tina Burner and her drag daughters, The Real Egypt and Yasmin killed it. I was just, I don't know. I've been deprived of good drag, I guess, over the last couple of years. (laughs) Well, yeah, especially
3: with COVID. And I mean, I would imagine that going to uh, Fire Island to witness this, it was like when I went to uh, the Vatican for the first time, you know? Absolutely. (laughs) It's just, uh, (laughs) your faith takes you to... (laughs) Take me to church (laughs) To that place, yeah Well, so much gain is there But let's take it on the road Because today we are diking out with Naomi McPherson about the road You know them from the band Muna Who is going out on tour with Phoebe Bridgers Oh my god And Muna will be playing in festivals around the country in the coming months Let's get to it woo Naomi, thank you so much for taking time out of your recording schedule to dig out with us today.
2: Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. I'm happy to get some time away and get, be a little distracted. It's good. Yeah. The best emails we get when we reach
3: out to people trying to schedule are when they say things are crazy right now. I'm making something new because we're fans of your work. So we're
2: like, great. <laughs> Don't let us get in the way of that. <laughs> no, I think it, it's happy to, it's like, it's a, it's a happy balance, right? Like it's, it's nice to be like deep in the zone and then also kind of step out and get some perspective. And, uh, we, in, in my band, we call it like cleaning your ears. So like you sometimes yes. you have to, you have to clean your ears a little bit.
0: Are you in LA right now?
2: Yeah. I've been here since college. Um, it's leaf blower o'clock, so I'll try to, I'll be mindful of, <laughs> yeah, it's like every morning is leaf blower o'clock, but here in LA.
3: Are, is there
2: anything to blow? I feel like... <laughs> dirt? Like, like yeah. just blow dirt around? I don't know. It's really, It seems pretty ridiculous. Also, they're just like always right. street sweeping, and the streets are always still dirty. So I don't really know what's going on, but... Sure, sure. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Same with New York. It's like, yeah. no matter how much garbage they pretend to pick up, it's just still garbage more every time. Where are you from originally?
2: Um, originally I'm from San Diego,
3: so in San Diego, yeah. so you're California. Okay. I can't seem to get out of I here. I thought but... that you were an LA person. You have kind of this cool LA vibe. Oh, um, you. but then when you said that it was just college that you moved there, but you were San Diego to LA. So it's not a huge... similar, it's like, yeah.
2: It, it, yeah, the Southern California of it all is definitely pretty consistent across the two cities. I think I'm just a little bit more like, I don't know. I definitely have a little bit more of like a San Diego sort of like, Grimy, San Diego yeah. sort of uh, like perspective. Maybe that's a little bit different than LA. A little bit more like skate surf, like thrash,
0: hardcore yeah, I was gonna say, kind of vibe. Growing up in Connecticut, I really just was convinced I wanted to move to. Sa- I wish I lived in San Diego. It was all because we all wore packs on at the time, and I was yeah. like, I just got to get on some kind of a board, like a surfboard, yeah. a skateboard, just to like justify all this etnies I'm wearing for sure. <laughs> Oh, definitely. I, I Listen, I'm going to start wearing Volcom again. Like, I'm going yeah. to
2: start I'm gonna start. Yeah, getting the, like, big Osiris sneakers back. Yes. see if they have my size.
3: <laughs> and San Diego, one of the few cities in the country with a lesbian bar. Yeah. So, uh, what, what, what's I, it called? I have uh, no Gossip idea. Grill? Oh, okay. Gossip Grill. Yeah. I,
0: I, I, oh, I'm I literally wearing been. the Lesbian Bar Project shirt. But, oh, uh, there you go. Yeah.
2: All well, the names it. listed on the back. <laughs> oh, cool. You know, I actually, I'll, I'll want to ask you questions about this at some point, because it's sort of a band goal of me and, and Katie and Joe, my bandmates, to open up like a, a queer non-cis men bar.
3: And yeah. at some
2: point, like that would be the dream. So yeah, yes. I'll, I I want to know more about that sure.
3: Okay. Well, yeah, it's all the rage right now. The Lesbian Bar Project is inspiring cool. people to open bars that are for queer humans, no, cis yeah. yeah, we gotta yeah. land yeah.
0: on a good like umbrella name. Yeah, like I just heard the other day, <laughs> like A dykes. B C D, like anything but cis dudes. And yeah, see, I
2: don't. <laughs> yeah, that works. That works too. That's good. Yeah.
0: Well, if planning a future queer bar isn't it, what is the gayest thing you did this week?
2: Uh, I think uh, other than like not go out anywhere. Which seems pretty gay, <laughs> like not doing anything, like staying home. Then I'm home. flaming. that I know. Love, yeah, there's something. Answer. There's something about that. So uh, that's my first answer: is not going out or doing anything uh, at yes. all outside of my house and like hang out with my my like bandmates and my girlfriend. That's pretty much all I do. Everyone but, was gay in 2020. 2020 yeah. made everyone <laughs> gay by that time. Yeah, the gayest year ever for sure. Um, but I I also I have a I have a group of friends and we it's like all for lack of a better word dykes like a couple non-binary people and and, s- and some lesbians yeah. and some lovely uh bi girls as well and we all get together and watch we watch the bachelorette and the bachelor yes. so and then we just like kind of hate i don't know it's not a hate watch cuz we do enjoy it but we we're just like screaming and talking on top of each I'm other I'm right there with like, you yeah it's it's pretty fun so that yeah. maybe that would be in terms of like the the mass of People. This fascinates me because,
3: for me as a gay woman, I was always having a, an aversion, yeah, to um, the Bachelor. So Same. I think that queer people, other than gay men, watched The Bachelor, yeah, um, because as we know, gay men love when women are messy, uh, <laughs> when straight women are messy. It's the two go go hand in hand. So uh, I just thought. Nobody who's who's queer and not a man watches The Bachelor, and then I keep finding out more and more people do it because it it pains me to see all those women acting stupid on behalf of
2: some potato head. You yeah, know? well, it's always I think this is well, <laughs> The Bachelorette. It's 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 six of one, half a dozen of the other, with both of the like types in the series because. <sighs> With like with the Bachelorette, it's like one woman and all these men who are uh, terrible for the most part. They all suck, and and then it's kind of like one shitty guy and a bunch of women who are way better than him. And right. Either way, <laughs> it's kind of just a weird situation. I think I don't know. There's something fascinating about it. We I, I really was not a reality TV person at all. I didn't like grow up having any kind of. I didn't know that there was like another channel other than PBS until I was probably like ten. So (laughs) I had no clue like what was on TV, and then I was never really like into watching reality TV until my a couple of friends of mine were like, who are just like gay people were like, we're watching the Bachelor, like you should come, it's fun. And then I think maybe it's like I I try to think as to why we enjoy it because some people that I know who who are are queer as well and or queer women like hate it and don't enjoy it but um yeah I I interrogate why I like it so much and I think maybe it's that I (laughs) I guess maybe there's a bit of like schadenfreude in it and that maybe there's a a bit of like just a curiosity about like heterosexual life that I just have no like I was never a part of it (laughs) I don't understand it so it's kind of like it it, it's kind of like straight uh like people watching like anthropological
0: that's what I say to justify it Every time, good for you. Interrogating why you watch it, I don't. I watch it blindly (laughs) and I enjoy it. (laughs) Well, I interrogated for about two and a half
2: seconds, and I'm like, no, she needs, he needs to get off the show because he's playing games and like uh, getting fully
0: into it. So here's what's happening now with Bachelor Nation, though. Um, The guys, like the Bachelorette, is becoming way more woke than The Bachelor. Like, for some reason, it used to always be a bunch of, like, buffoons, no matter what franchise, but you're getting a lot more emotionally mature men in this season and last. And then, but we're still getting, like, infantilized or just, like, not mature, petty, like, fights, like the same old from the girls. So that's where I'm getting annoyed. Like, if we're going to have all these uh, men in touch with their feelings and trauma, like, we're getting really emotionally mature i keep saying that term i'm thinking of some it's other. it's true stuff. though for <laughs> this these season guys. It feels true yeah yeah so i agree with
2: you we'll it see. is kind of a, the bachelor is a bit more it is a bit of a like more consistently a mess um yeah. <laughs> and it was just like not to get into it because we don't have to talk about it but <laughs> it's the the girl who's the bachelorette now pe- get, people ganged up on her last season of the bachelor because she was calling out bullying and then everyone yeah. was like basically calling her a snitch and it was just, so, it was so weird. Yeah. But I, th- <laughs> listen, I think she did the right thing. There's The series has to get a bit nicer. I think hopefully it will. We'll see. But I, I don't know so far I'm, I'm enjoying it so far. I also like
0: paradise. I was going like to say what, getting ready. I, I heard paradise. it's the wildest one yet. I mean, they always say that, but. People are coming out of a uh, quarantine, super horny, and I like uh, that. chaotic. We'll see. I love it's, it. it. It's like Love Island. Gave, gave us Demi, a bisexual like contestant. Come on, she's
2: iconic. I love her. Um, yeah, I it, I like those kind of shows where it's just like it's just people on vacation getting drunk and then yeah. like watching that now yeah. or like watching uh, my my bandmate, I love my bandmate and her girlfriend, and they like to watch Love Island. So I've kind of been I'm like that out on them watching that. And I'm, I'm oh. like, I love, I, I don't, I don't know if I could do it, but I wonder if I would have fun. Like, if I was a straight person, if I would go and have fun, because it does seem like kind of fun. Like, you go if you have a decent attitude. I don't know, I don't really drink, but like they drink, they hang out by the pool, yeah. they play games.
0: Love like, Island it actually drink. it limits their drinking, so you get. Oh, um, that's good. Really. So in the U.S. with the Bachelor. Um, we have to, <laughs> they don't, and they pump it down their throats just to get them as crazy and chaotic as possible. But I've heard on Love Island, there's actually. A limit to how much they can drink. That's why they have a lot more coherent <laughs> conversations um, yeah. and self-reflection, I guess. But they—that's why they get so excited when they have a party night on Love <laughs> okay. Island. They do those yeah. like slow motion, like because they're actually excited that they get to drink a little more than they're normally allotted. That's why they're so happy. Oh, that's so <laughs> <those> funny.
2: <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know that. I figured because they're Brits that they kind of were just pounding it back. They're, they're yeah, uh, also Brits. I know. First. Have a real talent yeah (laughs) right for partying but
3: you know I just realized that the only reality show I've ever wanted to be on was the real world and I think that's Mm. because that was the only space where queer people existed on reality tv for a while yeah yeah totally like that makes sense I I would never even think of (laughs) possibly going for any of those <laughs> other shows because it does just seem like this heteronormative hellscape and it is without I a know. doubt I, I did watch i did watch a full episode of the bachelor finally and it was the season premiere of i think the last season whatever was happening in like january God. february
2: yeah uh, claire
3: i i don't know it was more cringe than anything i've ever watched i think it's just like my own discomfort of just what are these women doing
2: but yeah. Also, if you want to watch like bad male style, like bad male clothing choices, the, the Bachelor <laughs> yeah. and Bachelorette franchise is really incredible. It's like a lot of revealed ankle. I was it's a gonna lot say, not a sock ankle. insight. Not a, a sock. sock insight, like disgust <laughs> your disgusting feet in like a in like an ugly like Oxford shoe with just a revealed ankle, like six inches of revealed ankle. It's really wild. Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh,
2: love it. Love it and hate Man. it. It's both. But I'd lo- I, like I, it.
3: I love that you do it, though, as a group with other queers. There's something yeah. so much fun about watching stuff, especially with a group of queer people that makes everything better.
2: Definitely. We also went to go see Fast and the Furious and that was a similar experience of like this feels like um, s- straight uh, camp. We were like, whatever that I don't know what that is, but this is like what I imagine straight camp would be. And my yeah, like morbid fascination yes. with that. That's probably the best description of <laughs> that camp. franchise. Straight it is kind of what it feels like. It's just like, <laughs> it's very, it's yeah. It's just complete over the top. Like, uh, yeah. Hetero cis straight camp. Very enjoyable <laughs> for me to watch as someone who can't relate in any way.
3: Well, let's talk a little bit more about your music and what you do for any listeners who aren't familiar. You're part of the band, Muna. Incredible music. Thank you very much. Our
0: listeners are familiar. Constantly oh, cool. asking us to have like the many band of them are, on, yeah. and oh, like, okay. logistically, yeah, <laughs> we would love to have the band on, but like to record a podcast one at a time. One, one, at, time. <laughs> one at a time, I we can get the other ones on here. I'm sure they would like to.
2: We we all, the three of us have a podcast together, so we we're like all down to talk shit and just go crazy. Oh, nice. so, Yeah. Wait, what's your podcast called? It's I miss the this? dumbest. Please, like, I don't. I honestly don't <laughs> even know if I can recommend listening to it. But it, it's fun for us to do. People basically, yeah. our, ma- our management was just like you. Y'all are funny in interviews. Like people seem to get a kick out of you. You should just make a podcast. And then in in COVID and early COVID, we were like, or not really COVID. Sorry. Like at the beginning of this year, it still feels like. I mean, how long have we been? Right. You know, it's like What's all time? A big yeah. blur. But yeah, we we started a podcast called uh, Gaotic, which is uh, because <laughs> <laughs> so that it, it's self explanatory. It has no form or concept or uh, or anything. But yeah, w- there's a few Perfect. episodes of that up. Love it.
0: Yeah. That's fun. But well, I'm and also in a recording? band. Mainly we do music. Yes. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Other than hanging out and talking, we do music. Um, you got together in college. Yeah. Yeah. We met at school. I was in, like, we were all kind of, I don't know, we went to we went to USC, which was just like a bizarre sort of, another kind of like cis-hetero, very <laughs> like, I don't know, it's like a very fratty school. and Right. Um, we met there because we were like the only some of the only people who like looked like us and you're we like oh okay like uh you seem cool and like that's kind of how you like made friends there you were a little bit like for lack of a better word alternative yeah <laughs> uh, or like different from the general uh, population of the school but yeah so we met at school and then we started making music my like junior year of college and then I think towards the end of that year we were like we kind of felt that we understood how to like put it out in that time period. It was a very like blog heavy sort of like music industry. And we were kind of into that as consumers. And we were like, we just have to like get on blogs. Like we could just be our own PR people and what, like we could just make our own artwork and just market ourselves and try and do that. And then we did that and it kind of worked. So then we yeah got signed and it's been, we've been doing that for our job ever since which is really crazy but really cool
3: love it were you all queer when you first got get? like did you ask. all know that yeah were you out
2: yes um yes we were we were all I think we maybe we weren't all out as like as queer as we are now in terms of I guess like I was, I was, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I wasn't obviously like out in terms of my gender identity at the time. Right. Katie and I actually dated. We start, we met in class and then what she, she and I were talking after class one day and she was like, she was like, what do you do? Like other than school. And I was like, I don't know. I like, I, I I'm here for like academic reasons, but I, I play guitar and I do other stuff. And she was like, Oh, cool. You can be my band. And then like nine months later, a year later, we ended up, we did end up starting a band. I think she was kidding. At that, but <laughs> yeah, we, we were dating. And then she, she met Joe through class. Cause they were both in music school. They were in like the music program there. So, and then I think she had kind of like sniped Joe as being a queer person too. And was like, yeah, we'll be friends. And then, yeah, it kind of like, went off from there but it, it was interesting it, we talk about it a lot now in the sense of like not really thinking that we have that many like that big of like a queer community here in LA and then we think about like all of our friends are like all of our friends are gay so I guess we do <laughs> um but yeah we've been I think Katie kind of encouraged us to be more out and encouraged us to label ourselves as a queer band she was like it's nobody it's fine like it doesn't people don't care anymore and I think this was around the time that like St. Vincent was kind of rumored to be queer, but wasn't out. And we were kind of like, yeah. oh man, maybe like, maybe people are not out because of like, a, it's like a strategy thing. Like within the music industry, you don't want to be pigeonholed or whatever. And then Kato's like, nah, you got to right. just like, you, it's going to be, it's going to be smart for us to do that. And now like literally years, uh, as the years progressed, it, it kind of was like more and more artists started being like openly queer in the way that they started like, I don't know, releasing music as, with that as a part of their narrative. And yeah, so right. she was smart yeah. to do
3: that. But. Yeah. I feel like music is a great place to be queer. I mean, any place is a great place, but in terms of if you compare it to other performing arts, like acting, I yeah. can see why people are a little bit more hesitant because you are more likely to get like pigeonholed with roles, but it's not yeah. like, Oh, they're only going to book you for Lilith Fair. One, Lilith Fair doesn't exist. Yeah. Two, like, like good music is good music. Yeah,
2: totally. I think it, it, We talk about it a lot now as sort of being like we're at a bit of an interesting place in how like queerness is being uh, commodified and Mm -hmm. becoming like a commodifiable asset within like uh, one's participation in capitalism. So it's like you kind of want to be careful, whereas in the beginning it was more of a fear of like not being able to reach like the success level that we wanted to get to and still want to get to. Uh, Because of being out uh, and not being like a hindrance, whereas now it kind of feels like, oh, man, you kind of have to be careful, like how much of your identity you're you're monetizing and like uh, and and how you talk about it or just like be be conscious of how you talk about it publicly because you don't want. Yeah, I don't know. It's very complicated.
0: Yeah. Yeah, having to think about all that. I did also just see a tweet that went viral, I think, that was something about Muna touring with Phoebe Bridgers feels (laughs) like it was made up as a joke. (laughs) <laughs> like to make, to make fun, fun of lesbians. Of lesbians. <laughs> yeah. I love that. tweet. That's so funny. So funny. Yeah. Congratulations on that tour selling out in Famous. seconds. Right. Seconds. <laughs> really crazy. I mean, she's so the best.
2: She's so iconic. So I'm, I'm happy. We're happy to just be tagging along and, and happy to see her like get all the success that she deserves. Cause she's awesome. So.
3: Yeah. Um, I was just watching her on Z way. Oh, cool. Oh, yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I haven't watched L, that I yet. I need to, though. I, I Yeah, Z was the funniest, so, so I haven't watched the show yet. I've been waiting for, like, a concentrated yeah. amount of time. But she did get snubbed for the
0: Emmys. I saw... She I, did. I, I heard that, yeah. Yeah. Yep.
2: But, um, yeah. Phoebe's cool. We're excited to get on the road.
0: It, it'll be yeah, interesting. When is the last time you were on the road as a band? 2019.
2: Like, fall of, of 2019. I think we were... It 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 was odd because like we had kind of just started our second record cycle as it were like, which is like, I guess a, a year, uh, the year after you release a record, you kind of plan to spend touring and it, we put it out in September and then by, you know, we were making plans for the summer of the next year. And then obviously by spring, like everything got kind of shut down. But the, I think the last thing that we did was like this, uh like November of of 2019, the last like real tour that we were on. So it'll be really fascinating to get back and see (laughs) if we can survive it. We'll see.
0: Yeah. Yeah. How I want to what's it like getting back into that mindset? Because I know for comedians, we're all just like, I don't know, like people are bringing their notebooks on stage and just like, sue me. There was, a you know, like just trying to like get that muscle back. Is it similar for music? Is it? And also
3: scared to make plans that are like three months out. Yeah, yeah. it's a combination of that. Very like
2: I'm, totally.
3: yeah, I'm afraid to plan shows out of state or like plan For West sure. Coast dates because I'm like I don't know.
2: <laughs> I think we're kind of like at this point just being like uh, I guess we'll see what happens. But yeah, right. I, it's definitely in terms of of COVID. Uh, I I had a really very 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 insular and cautious year of COVID. So Mm -hmm. to be going out and touring is definitely a bit of a mind fuck for me uh, in terms of like how safe or unsafe I will feel in theory. But I think a lot of musicians aren't alone in, in, you know, I'm not alone in feeling that this to say, like a lot of musicians obviously are probably thinking and and feeling this. and Just like try not to be too worried, but definitely weird. And also like in terms of just not having toured for so long, I was talking with Joe the other day and we were like, I don't remember how to play these songs. Like I need to learn everything. again." <laughs> yeah. like once you're touring, you you can just like not phone it in, but you have it in, in the, in the grooves of your brain as sort of like a default. And you can just play through a set and have fun. And I think for the first couple of shows, it's going to be stressful. And we're also playing like, we're theoretically playing like at least a new song. So we'll, we will have to learn how to play all the music again. It'll be interesting. Right.
3: Let's talk about touring in terms of being a queer person, mm-hmm. uh, a non-binary person who's out on the road. Do you have different levels of anxiety <laughs> in different cities based on, oh, is it okay to be me here? A- and being yeah. POC. Like.
2: Yeah, it's interesting. I think it feels nice at least to travel with like, uh, we have like, this sounds very silly, but we we've always toured with like, the little group of us. So it's never just me. And I don't, I don't feel alone in that. And we have some m- big, huge men who like work with us. So it's like, <laughs> it's nice to have them around to like, if, if we are feeling a bit like shifty or strange, just, just knowing that like, there's that it feels very elementary to have to like, think of things in that way. think of your own like physical safety in that way, but it, right. it, it, it's nice having them around in certain places. Um, I, I think, the the most strange things that we've experienced kind of just feel like really feeling like you're sticking out like a sore thumb um like at a gas station or like uh eating at or uh, like getting picking up food at a restaurant but a lot of the cities that we play in feel like they're at least on our headline tours it's like we might be in in like a state that I would normally not like go to, to visit, but we're in like a, a very college town, sort of like liberal atmosphere. And if they're mm-hmm. coming to our show, they're obviously fine with gay. So I'm, right. I'm not like right. too worried about it, but yeah, it 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 can get, it can get iffy. I've had some strange experiences. Our, our former bass player is, is also, he's, he's mixed half black like me. And oh, we would just feel like, so bizarre in certain places i think probably him even more so because he's like a tall dude with an afro his, he's amazing his name's brian but he he like yeah i i think we would feel like whoa this is a really white place or like whoa we're in the rural south at this like truck stop and it, it feels pretty crazy so that can get yeah it can get a bit weird but yeah,
0: yeah truck stops in the gas stations. I was gonna
3: say it's always the <laughs> gas stations even in even in New York State. Upstate uh, New York just, can get crazy. Oh yeah. I've seen yeah some I was shit. just driving to Buffalo with with my wife and Wild. we pulled over in this small town and I'm like I don't even want to get out of the car with you like we let's go in separately I don't want people to know we're together this because I'm getting For weird sure. vibes here. <laughs>
2: it's it's funny that like I it, it seems like it, a lot of people's perceptions at least of like I'm sure you guys are aware because you travel and stuff but a a lot of people are like, "Oh man, aren't you scared to go to like whatever state in the south?" And then I'm like, "No, I'm scared to go to like outside of Pittsburgh." Like, yeah, <laughs> yes, right. like, I, right. it, like, yeah, like, like, no, like the north, the northeast can get real weird, like in certain, in certain areas. It's just always the yeah. rural towns where you're kind of like, "Oh man," like people are just looking at us a little bit funny. But we've thank you know thank goodness never had any like super like harrowing experience. Knock on wood. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
3: And how he rose from nothing to become New
1: York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny, true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Well, speaking
0: of harrowing experiences, (laughs) I I just I read Carrie Brownstein's book when Mm -hmm. it came out. And I don't know if you're familiar. She wrote about Tor in such a way that makes me so fascinated. So like it seemed Like there were high highs and such low lows. Um, Yeah. Is there, was, did, was any of that relatable? Just there was seemed like um, it had such a strain on her and her mental health. Is there stuff you have to do to like self preserve and make sure, like, your head's on straight and I don't know. It just it yeah. <laughs> felt so dark reading her recount touring.
2: <laughs> it can get dark. <laughs> I think it can get dark. I, I, the saving grace really always has been the fact that like me and, and Katie and Joe are so close and such good friends. And like, we are like constantly like one of us is like, I don't know. We're like, it's constantly rotating. Like who's having like a bad time. And mm. I think we hold a lot of space for like each other's emotions on the road. So that feels helpful. And like, we don't really like fight or uh, it doesn't really get like dramatic between the three of us, which is, I feel so, so lucky. Cause I know that like being in a band for people is really, can be really, really exhausting. And I, I just feel like I'm in a very fortunate sort of circumstance where like, we've just been through so much together that it, it really feels like a pretty safe, emotional unit in that sense, but it can definitely get dark, 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 dark on tour for sure. It depends on also the level to which the, like the level at which you're traveling, I think has a lot to do with it. Like we're, we, we were on a bus for our headline tour and it, which was amazing. Like, cause you're not, you're not driving for 16 hours. Like we spent like years and years and years and we're going to do it again this fall with Phoebe just cause it's a, it's a <laughs> short run. But like in a van with all your merch like falling on top of you trying to get any sleep that you can but you're like fully upright your knees hurt because you're just like shoved into a car everyone's taking turns driving you're driving on like scary ass ice and like uh, through fog and you can't see anything and like none of us are professional drivers like we're just like you know kind of winging it and 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 trying to make it work but it can definitely get I, i think the the physical strain on your body that it takes is it it ages you a lot like I tour ages you several years like after after you come back from a run just because it's physically super grueling one of the only things we try to do to like keep everything keep our heads on straight is like we try to eat healthy and like that I think can help a lot Cause it's so easy to fall into a pattern of like eating super late at night. And like, and like, it just makes you feel a a bit like not yourself in your body. So we, I think we try to like do a lot of smoothies, find like the best smoothie place in every like city that we go to. And like, (laughs) yeah, try to, try to live a reasonably like sober, healthy lifestyle. Like we don't party on the road at all. And we're like, yeah, right after the gig, we're going to bed. So (laughs) it's just about like trying to keep your body healthy because when you start to get run down you'll get sick and then you'll hate playing shows. So yeah. yeah. It can get grooming right. though for sure. It's an intense experience. It's really intense. It always blows my mind
3: how people don't do it sober.
2: Right? I don't <laughs> understand. the People who do
3: like a lot of direct, like how do you how do you do it. Yeah. It's, it's so grueling if you're being healthy that if you're not, unless that just kind of floats you through
0: it in this like half conscious state. <laughs> yeah. Sex, drugs and rock and roll. I feel, I, I don't know. I would assume a lot of people just getting into their music. I don't know. Maybe their first tour would party more. That's just how I yeah would imagine. Well,
2: I think, I think there's, yeah, I think like that is like the common perception and stereotype. And I, yeah, I still find it so crazy when people are like, we've toured with people who are like drinking Every night after a show, and like when you're on a, on the road for two months, it's like i don't I can't imagine being hung over and having to play a show like i can't I just can't imagine it and luckily, yeah. we have like some sober people in our in our like touring group, so I think it encourages it slowly sort of just encouraged everyone to be like we're just like we just don't do that we don't have time we, we have to drive after the show for six hours like we're not gonna like go to a bar we don't have time so I think even as the tour situation has gotten a little like cushier, it's been nice to kind of keep the sober vibe. Occasionally, like we'll have if we're in like, if we're in New York for like five days, we're we're gonna see our friends and like try to have a time and like go to a museum and like I don't know, try to do things that aren't about playing the show or, uh, yeah, and, but that also like feel good for your body. Like, dude, yeah, just trying to like go to a museum, go see a movie, just try and keep your head on straight because yeah, 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 binge I can't, on heart. That, yeah, that's, that's what we like go to like a cultural, yeah, the cultural center of whatever city that we're in and try to like, go look at like antiques or something and and not party. We're very boring to be honest, but I think it is why we can like tour with and still be able to sing like at the end of the, of the run. Right. It can get really gnarly if you don't, for sure.
0: Yeah. You just get sick, which sucks.
2: How do you manage
3: your romantic
2: relationships when you're on the road? Uh, that's an amazing question i mean (laughs) i I feel like if someone is in a relationship with a touring musician they are in a long distance relationship like uh, yeah kind of off and on for the duration of the relationship so i think you kind of do just have to get used to making time in in your days to like do what you would do in a long distance relationship like Right timing, uh, like trying to uh, call as much as you can, and like check in and be available via text if you're able to, or, or it's really just stuff like that that has been the most like consistently useful. But I think it can it can get hard for sure, especially like if you're dating someone who's also in a creative field and your paths are kind of like crossing at at the at the wrong uh, Juncture. I think that's happening for me this fall. Like, I think I'm leaving for tour and then my girlfriend leaves for tour. I mean, not for tour, for a uh, shoot. So she's going to be gone for like the tail end of my thing. And past guest of the podcast. Yeah. yeah past guest of the pod. Uh, she, <laughs> I think, yeah, she's like going to be gone on a shoot when I'm back. So, yeah, it's a little bit of two ships passing in the night. But I, right. I think, yeah, you just try to like make time when you can and just be considerate of the other person if they're the one also like obviously staying home but if they're doing work as if they're off doing work as well or traveling i think you just kind of have to accept that things are going to get a little uh like hectic in terms of the communication yeah. and
3: on the flip side have you ever been single
2: on the road yeah i have and but there's no time to do anything like uh, there's a, yeah. you just ha- don't have time to you know I, I don't know i just like
3: you're not checking tinder in the different cities you land
2: in or i think <laughs> Maybe we, maybe there was a period of time where I can't even remember. I think like, I'm, uh, I don't think I ever have. I don't think I ever have. I think I've been on the road when I've been like a bit heartsick before. Mm. So maybe I wasn't in the right like space to be like, fuck it. I'm going to like try and like score on tour. But also I think, yeah, just like, oh man. I, just like finding the time to be able to like, give someone a like a pleasant experience with you on tour just sounds really uh kind of somewhat impossible because I don't know (laughs) I just think I'm maybe not the most like a dateable person when I'm on the road at least in in terms of meeting someone just because shit gets so busy and you're waking up at like four in the morning just like yeah you're probably not in the not in the greatest headspace to date but I'm sure in a very cushy sort of situation it could be fun
3: like, do fans approach you or your bandmates, like trying to hit on you,
2: or they have? It has happened. <laughs> it, it has happened. We have like a strict boundary of just like not happening. No, love you. Right. you're amazing. Because a lot of them are also quite young, so it, we're just like no, 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 right, no, 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 Right, 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 <laughs> right. Uh, and but people, I think what has what is interesting about about that kind of. I don't know. Like, I, I think when you're a musician, especially when you're like, uh, I can't really speak for her, but like when you're the lead singer and lyricist of a band, people feel like they can really emotion, like they know you really well. Yeah. If your yeah. lyrics are like super emotionally raw. And I think that there's like a kind of sense of intimacy that's, that, that gets uh, based on that. And then there's a lot of people like project sort of like ideas onto you as people. Uh, To be honest, a lot of the experiences that we have with fans are like really, really nice and people giving us like letters talking about how like our songs are helpful to them or like our songs are, are, you know, have like guided them through experiences in their own lives or help them grieve the the loss of a family member or like a really bad breakup, like uh, something like that. So a lot of the communication that we have with fans, like after shows when people are approaching us, is mostly about that for people to like, you know, say really really kind things about the music but there are times when people are a little bit inappropriate but I think Mm -hmm. it's I think it's rare it's more (laughs) rare these days for sure I think people know us well enough now to to know that like what we're down to chat about and yeah usually people are really nice and totally not weird
0: I can't get over it I mean you said it a while back but you said you're like asleep standing up that was a exaggeration like you're I just realized I don't know what a tour bus is like and the sleeping situation and I'm like you're not actually oh no (laughs) wait what can you walk me through a a tour bus yes
2: well the bus (laughs) the bus rocks mostly what I'm talking about is like the van like van life oh the van okay van versus tour bus okay van life is (laughs) like what most people I mean the cost of a bus for a tour is just astronomical so I think unless you're like if you're really reeling it in on tour you get like a private gig it makes it easier for people to like get a bus to because you have to pay the driver and they drive all night and it's like a whole thing so usually most people if you're not cash flush yet you are touring in like a ford passenger van or if you're lucky in a sprinter van sprinter yeah okay but the sprinter, yeah, you'll be like, you can't recline your chair because there's like merch behind you. <laughs> so you're like kind yeah, of just trying right. to sleep with like a neck pillow on. It's like sleeping okay. on an airplane. It's kind of what it feels like. But the bus is awesome. The bus is like, is beds. You have like a little bunk. You have a little pocket in your bunk where you can like put your, all your stuff, your phone. There's like a little light. You're sleeping like above and below your friends. Like you could, I don't know. We like play little pranks on each other on the bus. It can, it's like, it is like summer camp in a certain way. Like it can be fun. Like what? I love a prank story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we like uh, we were touring with this girl, Chelsea Jade. She's an amazing uh, musician from New Zealand. She's just so funny. I don't know. Kiwis are really funny. So she just was always <laughs> making us laugh. But she our drummer and tour manager is this guy named Scott. And he's very like a straight laced. We know him from school as well. And he's just like a very like on top of it, straight laced, kind of level headed, cool dude, never gets upset. And like, <laughs> I think people just wanted to get to him at a certain point, like just because he feels like un get and I, yeah. we put like someone bought like a skeleton from like a Walmart and like would put it in his bunk so that when he would like open his bunk there would be like a skeleton. there'd be like a tucked in skeleton in his bunk just like stupid shit Classic. like that like yeah just like trying to film people doing like dumb stuff I don't know yeah you do like milkshake night <laughs> Joe organized a milkshake night where she made milkshakes for everyone it was like it, it's a it's like it is like summer camp at a certain point for sure on the on the bus. It, in the van, you're like, it's like, feels like being on a plane for a month.
0: It can be pretty yeah. grueling. But. Gotcha. Okay. What's your favorite city to play in?
2: Mm, it's interesting. I think, obviously, it's fun to play in L.A. and New York simply because we, like, have friends in those places and family and all these things. And it's, like, it's nice to play venues that, like, mean something to us. Like, when we've opened for people at, like, the Greek, and playing the Greek is really crazy just because it's, like, it means something to you or playing, like, uh, Radio City, like it means it's like a venue that means something to you and like your cultural imagination. But a lot of the times the most fun cities to play are like random cities in, in the Midwest, like Columbus, Ohio is always a good time. Kansas City is always a good time. Oddly, Salt Lake is a good time. I mean, people I think in these in these sort of college towns in, in slightly less densely populated states are really hungry for live yeah. music, it's actually like oh, cool yeah. music. And they just go fucking crazy at shows. They just go crazy. And it's just really fun. It just seems like people are really happy to be there as in, I think LA and New York and like uh, other big cities around the world kind of feel like there are some like industry people with their arms crossed sort of like, you know, too cool, a little bit too cool to like be having a a good time. And then, yeah, people in like Columbus and Kansas city are like
0: crazy. Yeah, It's actually really fun to
2: play in Chicago as well. Chicago is really a fun city for us.
0: Love it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I I remember uh, growing up in Connecticut, there wasn't, like, too much around. I would have to, like, go to Boston or New York to go to shows. Um, And the ones, if a band would come to, like, a smaller venue in Connecticut, it would be so much more fun compared to yeah. a venue in like Manhattan. I remember literally going to see a band and like Mary Kay Olson was there, like just like, yeah. and something about seeing her there like bummed me <laughs> out. Like like, she was whoa. just like on her phone and not sure. excited. <laughs> and I was like, man, yeah, I'd rather be in the middle of nowhere, in like Connecticut right now.
2: Yeah, you just kind of feel it's like underdog scenes. I don't know. There's yeah. something there's something to that, yeah. that that feels really good when you're playing the shows as well. Um, all of the UK is amazing as well. Like I can't fault any city in the UK for anything like we we did a UK tour. They go crazy at shows. They like new music a lot. So I think they're maybe a little bit more open listeners than people in the States. Or they just get, I don't know, maybe it's something about the time zones. They're just like a bit ahead on things. So <laughs> our, all of our shows right. there feel really, really fun. What about other European cities? The only time that we've toured Europe was when we were opening uh, in 2017. We were opening... Harry Styles so obviously all of those shows were insane like oh, I can't compare no, them to anything because yeah. it was just like had a complete it was like a completely different universe that we got to step I into for like
3: five minutes can't even imagine the level of craziness it was awesome <laughs> of, they were awesome. like the yeah. fans are nuts certifiably insane and half of them based on you, Twitter based on my experiences of the fandom.
2: As far as how we were received as an opening band, people were like jumping up and down, shaking the venue. Like when we played in Paris, like people were just going insane and they probably had no idea who we are. And they were just so, I think... They were like That's hyped, great. obviously, that he was going to play and it was his first tour ever. And uh, it was just like right. a big deal for, for them as like new, not new fans of his, but like his new direction was very different than what he had sort of like come from doing. And I think they were just fucking stoked. So yeah, all the yeah. Like, all the European shows that we played with him were like out of control. They were, I mean, they just like, they were very, very kind to us and and they danced like crazy and like it was really, really cute. Yeah, we had a fabulous time on that tour for sure. It that was definitely awesome. a wild experience. But honestly, we got a lot of time on that tour to also just like enjoy cities because we were opening. So you have like a little bit less time on stage. It'll probably be a little bit like that in this, this fall with Phoebe opening, cause you're only playing for like maybe a half an hour, or 45 minutes. So like you right. kind of get a lot more time to enjoy y- your surroundings. So yeah, our European opening tour with, with him kind of felt like we also like we're on a little bit of a small vacation. So we got yeah. to like really enjoy a lot of cities that I had never been to. And I, yeah, it was really, really cool.
0: I, I didn't travel a lot as like a young person. I was just going to ask that. Yeah. So cool. Cause that would motivate me. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to make it big and stand up just so I can tour and travel. Cause I didn't get to travel that much as a kid. Like that's gotta be a big perk <laughs> yeah. of time.
2: <laughs> Definitely. I mean, I just feel, I feel so lucky all the time to like be, I, I have, uh, I come from like a musical family. So like a lot of my family are jazz musicians. So I think it was like, partially inherent but it's not like a, it's like a hard career to like make money in and do professionally without like stress and i feel like i live a right. relatively sort of stress free lifestyle in terms of like i feel i feel very supported and and i feel like i have a, a i don't know i i exceeded the expectations that i had for for us i think we've kind of exceeded them when we're always setting like new standards but yeah i think a big motivating factor or what makes you feel really grateful when you're there maybe it's not the origin of the motivation but when you're there like when you're in Europe you're just like man like I never traveled as a kid I didn't have money growing up and like now I'm in Stockholm like that is just (laughs) insane so yeah it's super super cool gratifying experience for sure
3: When you open for these headliners, do you get to spend a lot of time with them or is it pretty separate because you have different teams and whatnot and you just kind of pass each other on stage?
2: It varies on the, it varies across the tour. Because right. a lot of the time, a lot of time you don't spend all that much time just because everyone is so busy. And usually like if you're opening, you're chasing someone on a who's on a bus. So they're like in the city, next city way before you are because like you're in a little van, like kind of just chasing them right. down. <laughs> but you have to sleep at night. So uh, there are some times when you get to like hang out backstage or like hang out at catering or or or, or you make time to like, hang out or have a time somewhere some like some bands that we've toured with we we will have like one night on the tour where like nobody has to do anything the next day so we'll like go we're like in Montreal and we'll go get like poutine or something we did that with this band group yes. Love, and like we would hang out with them in in that way or we just hang out backstage before and after the show like while we're just like you know getting changed backstage saying hi hanging out a little bit but usually it's like everyone's so busy that it's kind of a bit hectic is it more exciting for
3: you to open in a crowd that maybe isn't familiar with you? Like, okay, they're there to see Harry Styles, but you win them over versus playing a crowd that you already know is like baked in. They love your music. They're here for you. It,
2: uh, it, de- it depends. I think they both feel good in different ways. Like playing our headline shows is... Uh, is awesome and so fun because people know every word and they are very very devoted fans so them singing it back to you just feels like god i'm living like in some kind of bizarre dream um just makes you feel like really grateful but then i think you can maybe let loose a little bit when you're on it doing an opening slot because you're the stakes are a little bit lower in certain ways like If maybe a lot of people on the Phoebe tour won't really know our music. that I mean, maybe they will, but maybe they won't. And if you go out on stage and you're like, we're just going to play like our most exciting songs to listen to for the next half an hour. And it's going to go by like that. And hopefully people are like dancing along and hanging out and having a good time by the end of the set. And usually it happens because I think we're a good and fun live band to listen to. I think a lot of like our ethos in the project was to like, make the live sound a little different from the record in the sense of like, we want it to feel like you're at a rock show. Like we want you to feel like you're not just listening back to the album exactly as you heard it. Like you're listening right. to a live band playing like loud music. So I, I think, yeah, it, we usually tend to win people over. And that does feel kind of satisfying when you walk off and you're like, you're going to be at the next headline show that we play in the city. And that is cool. So. Oh Yeah. Right. It's It's satisfying being in
3: the audience, too. Like, I love when I go to a show to see one person and then I get to become a fan of somebody else in the process. No, totally.
0: That's how I discovered Mitski. Like, like, it's I love it. (laughs) Where did you see
2: Mitski? We love her. We she's she's so awesome. I saw her
0: open for someone at Lincoln Hall in Chicago years, years back. Yeah. That's
2: so rad, yeah she's she's awesome, I'm sure she put on a crazy
0: opening it set. Was she's amazing. so fucking cool. I was like jaw dropped, yeah, walked out, googled immediately, life That's fan. awesome, yeah,
2: yeah, I mean it had the same thing sort of happens as like a, I find myself going to a lot of like comedy shows, and then sometimes the people I don't know on the lineup are some of the funniest people, and then I'm like stoked to have been there to well, see them uh, too, I was so it's the same say- thing.
0: Looking at your social media and the band's social media this morning I'm like are they comedians too like you just <laughs> you guys read yeah, like, like, like a lot of our, my friends <laughs> Oh really I mean, yeah Yeah. I mean, like I don't know. you guys Maybe seem like, like comics
2: musicians. Oh well you know I our friend Caleb always says musicians want to be comedians and comedians just want I to be musicians say that. yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. and it, um, it totally makes sense and we are definitely like I don't know. We'll do anything for it. Like attention feels good. So like, <laughs> yeah, Whatever it's um, But I think we just like to like make, we just like to like talk shit and be funny on Twitter. And like, I don't know. I like tweeting per, on a personal level. So I find myself sort of like people will like see my tweet and be like, Oh, I know you from that band. And I, I like your band. And then I'll be like, I like your comedy or whatever. And then we'll sort of become like online homies, Love which is, is cool. And, and yeah, definitely fun. And if maybe it's because I don't know, we're, the three of us are all just like such, I don't know. We're very like emotional. I feel like comedians are very emotionally uh, in touch people as well. So maybe yeah. there's a little bit of a kinship there. I
3: also, and maybe I'm biased. I think that, queer people are funnier so no that's true no that's when i think of all the musicians (laughs) (laughs) that are the funniest when i go see them it's always the queer ones yeah yeah totally like tegan and sarah on stage to me is one of the most entertaining things for their banter alone they're so funny them talking in between songs the whole time and i'd be okay with that even though i love their music as well oh
2: no of course i mean they're like they're like the they're gods in this shit. They're just so, yeah, I, I fucking love them. And we're lucky enough to be like slight, like online homies with them. And, and yeah. but I remember like growing up, listening to their music and seeing videos of them playing and be like, God damn, they're funny. And like, yeah, they're or like they would do like little videos uh, as a part of their, their album cycle or their recording cycle. And they'd be doing like little bits in them. And it, I don't know. They're just right. super funny. So, yeah, there's some maybe there's something to that queer people. I don't know. Life is a joke when you're a queer person. I feel like you just feel like such an outsider or you, you just grow up feeling so weird and then you're like, everybody's pretty weird, I
0: guess. And then, I don't know, maybe it gives That's you a good us. sense. Of,
2: or you get bullied and it gives you a sense of humor. I don't know.
0: Yeah. Maybe both. That's what it takes, yeah, to be a comedian, <laughs> especially. <laughs> Wait, now I need to know everyone's sign in the band. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Do you... Uh, what? Well, okay. Well, I,
2: I, want, what? I almost want you to guess, but... <laughs> <laughs> I will tell you I can break it down if you really want charts too I could break it down
0: oh my god well we could do big threes um yeah. just I could give you big threes I could big give you big threes on everyone I'll I say feel this, like we've got water signs in the band
2: we we have one water sign in the band but it's but it's not who you would expect but oh, there are a lot of water water in the charts
0: okay it's mm. not Katie's not a cancer
2: no or Katie's a, a Capricorn whoa Katie's a, Katie's
0: a Capricorn like me <sighs>
2: yeah okay we're we're both capricorns okay great yeah we get shit done yeah that's like (laughs) we're like we're like and what do we need to do to like get yeah we're we get shit done for sure which is i think i don't know amazing it's that i didn't have you driving for capricorn yeah i i'm a taurus rising if that helps make anything clear but
0: uh yeah taurus i see okay what are okay what's your big three then we have capricorn
2: i'm a capricorn i'm a taurus rising and I have a Gemini yes. moon, which is just fucked,
0: but it's I, life is torture, so <laughs> I was gonna ask if there's Gemini somewhere in there, unfortunately your yes. son. oh really? Wow, <laughs> not that I hate I know there's a lot of Gemini slander out there. My girlfriend's a Gemini uh Taurus cusp. Uh-huh. Um, so maybe I saw some of her and mm, okay that
2: that's interesting. Yeah, no. I, I normally I feel like once people know me, they peg me as a Capricorn because I'm very like obsessed with work.
0: Yeah, and like I
2: don't <laughs> like to. And I'm I don't know. I can be kind of outgoing, but I'm not the most outgoing social person in the world. And I don't know. I can Selective. Yeah, in a big social environment, I'm not like talking. But yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: I need to know Katie's just from a lyric standpoint. <laughs> she's a Pisces moon, which is okay. a
2: co- common for the, common for the poets and the songwriters. Yes. There,
0: yeah. Yes.
2: Yes. Okay. Yeah. That's a common one. And she's Gemini rising, which makes okay. sense when you, when you meet her. So we have like, okay. high, we have similar charts, but just like messed up. Yeah. Um, okay. And then Joe. And then, yeah, Joe's a Pisces. Okay. okay. Joe's That's like, our, Joe's like very emotionally in, in, in touch. And Yeah she's great but and she's a taurus rising like me so maybe we get along we're both just like stupid so i don't know <laughs> sense, like why we bond definitely stubborn definitely a lot of stubborn vibes in the band we're very like i think it's the diy kind of ethos comes from thinking like we're all so stubborn that we're like well we will do it better than somebody else will so let's just do it
0: oh stubborn I as a band too yeah <laughs> and not within the band that's good
2: no yeah like as a <laughs> as a united front like that's great most of the time with
3: being in a band um I find that like especially with I know it's true in comedy when you're working with someone it's not like a normal job in that you can keep things very separate like oh this is just professional like you three kind of have to be friends. Right? Yeah. 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 So how, how do you navigate that being friends, but also being coworkers? Carolyn, Melody and I are taking asking that for us. Uh,
2: <laughs> yeah. Just, just some tips, some hot tips. Just in theory. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I think it's kind of always like a moving, I don't, we're just like so close that I feel like it, it does feel like a bit familial at a certain point and we definitely fight like family a lot of the time and we kind of like we tend to be able to get over stuff uh quick so that's helpful in terms of like i guess uh, addressing conflict within the band i don't know i i think like the friendship and the work kind of all happen around the same time i don't know like katie and i were like seeing each other and also working together at the same time. So maybe that's a Capricorn thing of like, I'll, we'll turn anything into like a business.
3: (laughs) So like... Right. Yeah. I mean, my my wife and I met at work and I've also... All of my exes except one were coworkers of mine.
2: (laughs) I I think if you like someone's work ethic, sorry, it says like a lot about, I don't know, like that's a really important thing for me. Like it's important for me to like respect people in what they do. And I think I respect Katie and Joe in what they do so much that it's like that having that sort of like foundation keeps everything on a relatively pretty even playing field in terms of like anything that might come up in the band, but. Yeah, I don't know. We we fight sometimes. We cry. We've been to band therapy, which was honestly not very good. it was fine. It was free, Uh, so that was cool, I guess. But I think we all left being like, our therapist doesn't understand us. And then maybe it made us closer. But um, yeah, I don't. We like. There's so much love as the foundation, and we're so integral in each other's lives. Like. We will work all day and then hang out all night doing something else. So, like, I, I think, yeah, we're just the best of friends. So it seems like when something comes up that's that's difficult, we can just address it because we just love each other so much and, like, also respect each other so much that it, it tends to be relatively kind of easy to, to bounce the two, if that makes sense. That was kind of a rambling answer, but...
0: Oh no that's great. Yeah, that's great. I'm now obsessed with band therapy. I am just, <laughs> just going to be <laughs> yeah. googling that for a while. I think people are, are there should band do it. therapists out there or like do you just seek out like a uh...
2: We did it through this organization called Music Cares. It's kind of like a resource for people who are struggling with addiction in the music industry. And I think that's what like it started as and but now they kind of have it's like it's sort of opened up to be a bit more like if you are a musician and you chip a tooth like on stage or something. You can go to like via music care is maybe like to a dentist who will like fix your tooth or something like that oh, and no, add no, it wow. for like for a reduced or uh, cost or, or something like this. It's just like it's a it's a resource for, for people to get like little grants and stuff for certain things. And I and we got a little uh we got a little grant to go see gotcha. a band therapist. Wow.
3: I feel like comedy needs that, except comedy I doesn't care. Think- yeah comedy doesn't care that's the
2: problem I I mean it it does seem like there would be definitely a a market for that kind of oh stuff in comedy for sure a similar amount of like depressed people and addicts probably um in in both fields
3: my friend in comedy chipped a tooth and then we all just roasted
2: him until he got it fixed like (laughs) that's how (laughs) Yeah, maybe musicians are a little more dramatic. I don't know. (laughs) Maybe that's part of it. I don't really know. But yeah, Music Cares, they're pretty cool. Comedy should have a Comedy Cares, whatever, like the same thing. But yeah, yeah, useful thing. It was useful for us at the time to be able to know that we could go see a therapist. And even though our therapist wasn't the most, I don't know, maybe we just kind of like uh, stonewalled her and didn't want to let her in. Or we just like said, stuff that confused her. I can't imagine giving therapy to three people being easy at all. Yeah. So
3: It also kind of reminds me, like my wife and I went to couples therapy just as we were starting fertility stuff. Just Mm -hmm. like, hey, let's go while things are good. And then we have someone when things get bad. And we went and everything that the therapist was asking us, I'm like, oh, We communicate so much. Like, Like, there's nothing that you're the conversation you're trying to facilitate. We've had ten times already, and we're all good. And we left being like, "Oh, we definitely don't like that." Was a waste of time. Yeah.
2: Sometimes, I mean, depending on the therapist, their therapy can be a waste of time. Um, Have you seen the show Couples Therapy, the Showtime show? No, it's good. No, not yet. It's a, it's a very like not to compare Showtime and HBO, but it's it feels like an HBO sort of nice. production okay. in that it's like very high production quality but it's real couples in couples therapy and with their kind of oh. mundane uh, couple problems but it's a, it's oh. a lovely show and the therapist is an absolute g like she's so she's so cool it's a great show it's on i think you could watch oh, it like. on hulu it's it's so okay. awesome it's a really moving like kind of lovely show infuriating at times because the people it's it's so it's funny when you're like watching other people get therapy and you're like how can you not see that this is what the problem is and then you're like yeah. I'm oh, just like that. right like i That'd can't see me. what yeah. my problem is so
3: yeah right 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 but it's yeah it's good it's cool so since we are uh three queer people here mm. let's manifest some awesome stuff like who would be other than you know phoebe bridgers harry style who'd be your dream to tour with like let's Oh I'm man! Put it out into the universe, and it's going to happen. Yeah. I so, mean,
2: those are two dream likewise, ones like, that have already happened. Which is right. So I cool. like. Uh, where, where do, do you, go? you go from there? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I think I think we would just someone who's dead. Like that's. <laughs> oh, yeah, <guys. laughs> there's so many different people. I I think there's my more clear wish list is like of people that I want to like get on the record, like get them to like. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! On the but I would tour with some of them as well, uh, like Casey Musgraves, like. Yes. I would do that tour for sure. That would be so fun. Yeah. We're uh, any, we've played with so many people that are so cool. I think our main goal is to like have experiences in different sizes of venues. So like, yeah, let's like, this will not happen, but like if we were like playing, I don't know, like opening for someone in like a crazy big venue, like opening for someone at the garden. Yeah. The garden or, or like, what's what's a big venue in LA? Like like the Hollywood Bowl or something Bowl, like yeah. that. Or yeah, the garden or like the O two in London. Like playing those big venues is definitely like on the on the bucket list. Or opening for people on like an arena tour would just be a really cool experience like playing really big venues. But man, I've toured that any of the pop girls. I, I I love them all and I will throw with any of them if they would like to have us. Any and yeah, all like the tour <laughs> do uh, actually yeah I, I would love to do a, do a tour that would be so cool do uh like olivia rodrigo if she wants to take us on a tour, a high school tour yeah. i'll do it <laughs> like she probably won't want to take us because we're too old but her uh, really i mean i don't know like paramore would be cool um oh man yeah so cool casey do the lord tour i'll do uh like a billy tour i'll uh, whoever wants <laughs> to take us do a Halsey tour. I'll do truly anything. Like I just want, we just want to like experience uh, just like be road dogs and, and tour a lot. So whoever, whoever wants to take us, we want to tour with our friends too. like do like a co-headline. We're really good friends with uh the person. Our friend Amber is the, the is the Japanese house. You're familiar with Japanese house. Yeah. 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 We, nice. I want to do a co-headline with her. That'd be so fun, but yeah, just we'll, we'll do we're road dogs. We'll tour. However, nice. um, we put yeah. it out there.
3: What about any musicians when you were growing up that you were like a huge fan of? Like, have you had those experiences in, in meeting your heroes or would you ever want to play with them?
2: I think doing a Paramore tour would be kind of that for me. Yeah, um, cause I was like a pop punk kid growing up. So I think a lot of the yeah, bands that too. like I was a huge fan of, yeah. A lot of bands <laughs> I was a hu- huge fan of growing up, like I probably wouldn't, be a good match with on a tour like i don't know some right. of us touring with like some of the like more like hardcore punk and like shit that i grew up listening to would probably not be the vibe in terms yeah. of like a live show but a Paramore, i think could work and that would be really fun and yeah that would definitely be like m- me like tripping out a little bit uh, about yeah. that um
3: i saw them open for no doubt years ago
2: oh. that's so sick this is so, so
3: cool! Ago. I love that. It was at an amphitheater, but I was in the pit for it, so I was like third row. So much
2: Hi. fun!
0: I, I was too old. Yeah, to be I want to go, but... like, oh, go get pushed
2: around. Like, oh
0: man, I was I just in a mosh pit a um, few weeks ago. I, sick! It, yeah, it was it everything. So I, I mean, it felt weird <laughs> being so like out of quarantine, yeah. and then suddenly in. Am- I went to a pop punk cover band in Austin called Hi. Y'all Out Boy. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh fine. That's it. I would go to but,
0: that probably stay. Yeah, Moshing. It's like it yeah. is it feels like the ultimate post quarantine. I know it's really crazy times right now. It was we all had to be vaccinated to get tickets and it was like but it was bodies and it felt like I was transported back to like middle school, high school. It was amazing.
2: Yeah, something about that, yeah, something about that really just did it for me back in the day. Like I I just remember going to shows and having like grown men climb up. My back and like launch themselves off of my shoulders. Like you would just get kicked in the head and like brutalized. You'd come home, yeah, absolutely (laughs) wrecked from the pit. Which was and I liked it at the time. I don't know if I could take it now, but I really loved it at the time. And then I yeah a couple years ago I went to a hardcore show and I I actually did have a great time. So I think I'd probably still get into it. Yeah, Mosh (laughs) Pit twenty twenty two maybe. Yeah, (laughs) all
0: right, love it. What's coming up for Muna aside from the tour? What are you guys? The tour, which will be a queer space, a traveling like queer (laughs) space. (laughs)
1: Um,
2: That's like kind of what all I'm sure, like what a Phoebe show will feel like, and it's kind of what our shows feel like, which is really cool and fun to do that every night for a month or two months. It's really cool, but yeah, I don't know. We're like we're working, we're working on a record. New music is coming. The record's not done, but new music people will hear pretty soon. Like pretty soon. Before, wait. yeah, bef- yeah, definitely. I I don't know how much I could say, but n- uh, yeah, sooner than people 20. think, people will hear new music for sure. Nice, yeah, love it.
3: Yeah, and where can people follow you online?
2: I am at flirt f l u r t Cobain. Stupid. I'm, it's, Amazing. It is love what it. it is. We love. <laughs> <laughs> like, that it, it is what it is. That's my at on on everything. And shout out to Nirvana. <laughs> <laughs> and at where is Muna, is my band at everything Instagram, TikTok. Perfect. We TikTok occasionally, We're learning how to do that. Um, yeah, Twitter, all that stuff. We're out here. Yeah.
3: And you have a podcast, just reminding everyone, even though you don't want them to listen to it, this is the <laughs> crowd, this is the audience. Oh, go, ahead it. Listen to
0: it. It up. go
2: ahead and listen to it. We can barely listen to it ourselves because it's like some of it's just crazy we kind of just put the mics on and start talking about the stuff we'd normally talk about without an audience. So it's a little bit insane, but that's what yeah, people want. if people want to know yeah. more, a lot more about us, uh, definitely a, a funny way to do it.
3: That's what I would want from any <laughs> band that I'm a fan of. I would want their podcast just to be like, I want to be a fly on the wall in the room where they're just, that's exactly what it is. Taking it back.
2: Yeah. Which Love feels it. crazy because there's no concept or form. It's very like, it's, it's very postmodern. It's non-structural. <laughs> it's like the whole bit. So yeah, people might hate it, but I don't know. We we continue doing it anyway.
3: Well, thank you so much, Naomi, for being here and telling us all about touring and watching The Bachelor and everything uh, TV. That, that we've talked about. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this was a lot of fun. And we're just so excited for, for you and the band and for all the awesome things coming your way. Just So much talent and... Oh, thank you so much. This was very fun and lovely. So after we recorded this, I was saying how there's definitely a difference between uh, cool queers from LA and cool queers from New York. And cool queers from New York kind of scare me or they're intimidating or they make me feel uncool, whereas cool queers from L.A., make me feel like we're all cool together and having a great time and that's how i would describe Naomi and it was so much fun it's talking the with them it's the sun
0: it's all the sun
3: you yeah. know they're, the vibes the california the vibes, vibes, are vibes. they're just sharing those vibes with us and yeah. i so enjoyed that conversation naomi is truly a gem of a human and i can't wait to see Muna in concert. Unfortunately, when they come to New York for Governor's Ball, uh, I'm going to be in Albuquerque and all their shows with...
0: Those PB sold, out, in are seconds. sold yeah. out
3: Wow, we have so many listener questions that have come in the past uh, few weeks since we made a call for them. So thank you again for those questions. And we have to prioritize the ones from our patrons. They go to the top, but we got multiple patron ones. Hopefully this is still helpful, relevant information from one of our patrons. Take it away, Mel.
0: Okay. God willing, my partner and I will celebrate our 10-year anniversary in a few weeks. I want to plan something romantic. I can do a weekend trip, but nothing too extravagant. She loves adventure and loves exploring places through food. I always feel silly doing things like rose petals because it seems corny, but maybe that's just me. I tend to show my love through practical acts of service. She has said to me multiple times over the years that she would like something more romantic occasionally. How do I romance her? On a budget. We go on weekend trips and outdoor stuff a lot. So if we go on a trip, what makes it a romantic trip? Ten years is a big one. And I want to show her how much I love her in a love language other than health insurance. (laughs) Well, (laughs) to two Capricorns. I don't know. I read health insurance and I got wet. Um, (laughs) Well...
3: Congrats on making it to ten years, first of all.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. And
3: I think, you know, this really would have been a good one to do on our hopeful romantic episode. But, hey, we've had time to think about it. We both recently had anniversaries. I think that... You can still do, even if you do weekend trips is like your go-to thing, you can still do a weekend trip and take it up another level. So even if you're on a budget, if you can find a way to splurge and get a place that's like a little bit nicer than you usually go, maybe one with a hot tub
1: Mm. is
3: usually a, a romantic Thing yeah. to add in, if that's something that you enjoy doing, or something with, uh, with a great view. You know, maybe the inside doesn't have to be fancy, but the location can be romantic somewhere. I mean, I personally find deserts or anywhere that's like super secluded to be very romantic, where you know, unobstructed view of the skies, all the stars taking it to the next level. If she loves exploring places through food, I mean, you could recreate a meal from like a memorable meal from a date that you had in the beginning of when you dated or something like that. Buy sexy underwear to surprise her with, I
0: think is always a fun
3: thing for a weekend trip, right?
0: Yeah. I mean, she likes to be in nature, she likes to go on adventures. Like it's easy to incorporate more romance into that. Even if you go on a hike, like just bring a knife and carve your initials into a certain tree and that'll be your tree, <laughs> you know? Like little Right. things like that can really up the romance pack a surprise
3: picnic, just add unexpected things. So yeah, even if you're doing the the same things, there's always like a little twist you can add to it to make it more romantic. Really the element of surprise. I mean, rose petals, I don't know. I don't think it's corny. <laughs> Do you think it's um, corny? I've I never don't. seen rose petals and been like, boo. It's <laughs> <Yeah>. like, oh, <laughs> All right. Yeah. You know, this feel you know, a couple candles.
0: Maybe it's such a thing that everyone thinks is like sort of a movie or cliche that no one ends up doing it. And yeah. It's not actually played. Out. No one ever does it. Rose oh, petals, do they? I've done it. Yeah. Oh, wow.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm so not romantic in that way. I'm just like, "Ugh, roses are so expensive. We're going to tear the petals." <laughs> <laughs>
3: Yeah, I've done rose petals. I've also done fake rose petals once because I had to travel with them and I couldn't, I didn't want them to get like all messed up. Once it was Cecilia's birthday when we were traveling and I had, I let the hotel know and then they just did it in the, the room and put all the rose petals all over the bed, which I wasn't expecting for a birthday. I'm like, well, this is romantic for
0: <laughs> yeah. a birthday surprise. You, um, so. Just in general, romantic date ideas, I've always wanted to, I've been putting this off, but creating, making a date jar where Mm. you each put in like X amount of little notes, like slips of paper with fun things to do with each other. So you always have a fun romantic date on hand that you know the other person is into because they wrote it.
3: I mean, something else that could be fun for 10 years. um, I just finally got a new cell phone and was um, organizing my pictures and like transferring everything off and grouping things into albums. And just seeing like all the pictures from Cecilia and I from the past four years that I've had this phone filled me up with like so much joy and made me feel so lovey dovey that, uh, you know, a lot of times we take so many pictures and then we do nothing with them. So I would say, you know, you have 10 years of photos and memories and there are so many ways, even if it's just like a scrapbook or something, but some type of physical manifestation of that. Uh, Even if you make like a slideshow, make a cheesy slideshow to a song that you both love or something like that and show it to her, like that would be touching and unexpected coming from you if your thing is usually just, you know, calling the the cable company to dispute a a charge. (laughs) <laughs> don't be afraid of being corny, I would say. Yeah. I've never, like, I, I can't think of any time that somebody did something corny where I was like, oh God. No. Dearing. Yeah. As long as you love the person. Yeah, I was going to
0: say, yeah, you yeah. can find something corny, but chances are you don't love them. You can't, it's impossible to feel that way about someone you're in love with. Yeah. Also, for a stay, you could do a staycation, you cut the cost to travel. And goes drive somewhere close by. Airbnb has like uh, tiny houses now or just like um, tree, houses. tree houses. Those are a little yeah. more expensive. But the tiny houses like in the woods, I don't know where this listener is writing from, but they have... Pacific
3: Northwest area. So there's probably a billion options.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's some good uh, affordable options. I guess especially if you're um, looking for flexible dates. They have like mm-hmm. a flexible, I'm flexible option. So you can like schedule that trip and do Ooh. some of Carolyn's romantic ideas in the interim.
3: Here's another idea. If you have time to plan it, uh, if you can secretly ask your friends, uh, people who know you both as a couple and get them to write down or send you like their favorite memory of you two as a couple. Mm. and maybe that could go along with the pictures, and that's always, like, a fun thing to read nice things that other people say about you two. Kind of like when you get married, you know? But if you've been together for 10 years, that seems like a cool time to do that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, a 10-year anniversary schedule, a photo shoot. Is that romantic? Or is it just for, like, people as vain as us? Comedians, yeah. Comedians (laughs) love photos of themselves and... It's so um, funny.
3: Cecilia always wants to do a photo shoot with me and I have zero interest. I'm like, can we just have pictures of us while we're like doing things on vacation? I like those photos, but I don't need like a photo shoot besides yeah. our wedding. But I guess <laughs> well, it's different when
0: you're both performers. True. We love it. We've done but, it. Okay. <laughs> yeah.
3: It could be cute,
0: but I think I think that's uh, more than enough ideas. Yeah. We can maybe like... Have people weigh in on the post, the episode yeah. post with some budget-friendly, romantic anniversary date ideas.
3: Yes, yes. Post it on our post with the episode art this week. And if you have a question, you know, even though we have a bunch in the bag, you can still send it in. out at gmail.com. And you can follow us everywhere at Dyking Out. You can follow me at TGI Carolyn. Hey, now that I have a new phone, I might start doing more on social media look at that now that i'm not going to have people mock me for my camera possibly i still have an android i'm not giving it up
0: what was that we made a tiktok and someone commented like who's Who's the one with the android
3: Android?" (laughs) whose android was this taped on sorry i don't like to upgrade my phones unless i need to because i care about the environment and my wallet (laughs)
0: mostly my wallet but also the environment look at it okay you can follow me at Melody Kamali where I'm hoping to get a Fire Island post up there check it out
3: that's all from us this week we hope you join us to dike out again next week and we'll see you next
0: Tuesday